We are in our fifth week of the art of living. The art of living. The purpose of this series is to bring up godly virtues and principles that we can apply to our life that we may be able to live according to the standard of living that God has given us. Uh, the presupposition of this time of teaching is that while many of us are alive, we're not living. Rather, we are just existing. We are just neandering our way through life having a few good days here and there. But I believe that it is the will of God that you live your life and that you live it abundantly. Yeah. Amen. I, I didn't read a scripture that said, in order to be saved, you got to be sad. I didn't read that scripture. I didn't read, I didn't read a scripture in the, in, in the Bible that says that you, you can never laugh and you can never enjoy your life as a believer. That's a lie, family. That is a lie. We have been called to live and to live in abundance. But in order for us to do so, we have to live according to the divine principles of the word of the Lord. Amen. So let's, let's get into this fifth installment of the art of living. Luke chapter 6 verse 27. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version uh, just for a clear understanding, but I'm sure whatever version you are using is just fine, long as your Bible has Luke. Now, if your Bible does not have Luke in it, you might want to get a new Bible. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. Please stand for the reading of our Lord and Savior's word. Uh, the late Reverend Dr. Joseph Lee Jr., my grandfather and the founder of this church, he would tell us every Sunday, when you open the Bible, you open God's mouth. And I believe we ought to stand and be at attention to hear uh, what our Lord is saying. You ought to thank God that you're in the building today uh, and that you were invited. Amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. It's going to be all right. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And for the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tantic also or either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. Lord, help defeat all our flesh in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I felt, I felt somebody's flesh just like kick me in my shin. I felt, whose flesh was that? I just somebody just came in. Like, no, no, you ain't. <laughs> but why, though? Right? Right? That's, that's, that's pretty much the sentiment. Look at what Diedrich von Heldenbrand says. Love is flowing goodness. And goodness is the breath of love. Love is flowing goodness, and goodness is the breath of love. Now, 
all of us who are professing Christians in here, and even those of us who are still trying to find our way in the building, uh, when we say we love people, we, we, we gen generally would say, yes, we, we love everybody. We don't hate anybody. Uh, some of y'all off the chain and, you know, and y'all still being delivered. You say, oh, yeah, I got a couple of people I hate. Matter of fact, I got a list in my phone. It says the people I hate. Uh, number one. <laughs> you got little reasons behind their name. <laughs> uh, none of us would, would openly declare that we hate anybody. Most of us that, that, that profess Christianity, we would all declare that we love everybody. We love, we love everybody. We love the people around us. But love is not just what is said, but love is what is done. Love is, is, is not just uh, a word that we can throw around haphazardly without any recourse. But when we say we love somebody, it denotes that we have a predisposition to be good to them. I had a couple of tracks in my mind that I was going to play. Uh, uh, I, anybody remember Renee and Angela? I'll be good. Not Foxy Brown. Because that's, 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 that's you, everybody went straight to Foxy. Like, oh. No, not Foxy. I'm talking about old school Renee and Angela. <laughs> uh, also, I also, also thought, I thought about uh, the Brothers Johnson. You know? Uh, I'll be good to you. Good to you, good to you. It's too old? Okay, all right, all right, all right. I want to know. Yeah. Feeling as real. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's way back, way back. Uh, but we can't say out of our mouth that we love somebody without being good to somebody. Your goodness is a derivative of your love. And now let's deal with this, and we won't hang here long. But I question how good you are if what you're doing is not motivated by love. Because some of us, we do things out of obligation. We do things in a retaliatory method. I, I'm doing this not because I love you and I genuinely want you to have it, but I'm doing it because I, I'm looking for something in return. I'm keeping all my receipts. <laughs> uh, love is action. However, from the general Western context, most of us, uh, it, is, it is not... It is not something that we allow to motivate our action. It is just a profession that we make because of our affiliation. Generally, our actions are based on others' merit or their level of pleasure that we have in them. Thusly, what we do towards others is primarily reactionary. I don't generally do stuff for people because I love them. I do stuff for people because they're in good relationship with me. And as long as me and you cool, you can eat at my table. But the moment me and you got beef, you can't eat with me. 
the moment that me and you have a riff, all of the flow of goodness and all of the likes I give you on social media and all of the invites, come on, talk to me here. When you get pissed off at somebody, you stop liking everything. Come on, you turn them off. You do, I mean, you do a lot of different things. Come on, this is the honest. You, 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 you will park right next to them when y'all were good. You wait till, to, fit, to find out where they were sitting. To sit with them. You, you, would, you would postpone your lunch plans if, if, if they were held back a little bit to make sure that y'all could eat together. You look for the right locker. Come on, go back to high school for a minute. What locker number you got? Where you at? You, oh, you in that corridor? Oh, wait, let me, I'm going I'm to go to principal's office, see if I can get my locker changed. But let something go down. Everything that we did for them and everything that we were for them now changes because of the context of the relationship or because of our feeling. But what you have to know is when you make up in your mind to love somebody, that love must be, if it's going to be real love, must be unconditional love. And so when we begin to operate in unconditional love, here it is. This love is a love that makes a decision to love regardless of situation. The love that Jesus is calling for even in the text today is unconditional love. The reason why as we read that text and all of us started feeling something in our throat and our chest. And if you got an Apple Watch on, your blood pressure started going up and your heart rate was a little faster. Because the moment you are told to do these things, you don't consider, here it is, what God has told you to do. You automatically consider what's been done to you. I did I lose anybody? Let's, 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 let's go catch back again. So when we say love your enemies, you're not focusing on love. You're focusing on the enemy. When we say pray for those that abuse you, you don't focus on the prayer. Which the scripture says men ought to always pray. We're focusing on the abuse. And so I'm calling your spirit man to consciousness today to understand that when we have been called by our sovereign savior to love it is not done on the basis of what others have done to us but it is done on the basis of who he is in us so let's let's look at the text of focus lest i mess up your holiday weekend he speaks of you who hear, he says, he starts off by saying in, in this first 27 verse, he starts off by saying, you who hear, which means that this word is not for everybody. It is very well possible for you to be saved and not be a Christian. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. Because to be saved means that I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But to be a Christian means I have decided to be like Christ. Two different things. There are a lot of believers that have yet to become Christians. 
And I pray we all get there in, 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 at some point in time. I pray we all get there. See, you can believe. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to go deeper. But the Bible says demons believe. That's why they fear and tremble. You ain't got to tell no demon if Jesus is real. They know he's real. They're like, ah, Jesus, I'm cool. I don't, I don't know if that's how demons sound. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I just gave that. That's just a demon voice. Uh, belief is the entryway to Christianity. However, in order to be a practicing Christian, we have to operate in likeness to Christ. And when we study the life of Christ as it is chronicled in the Synoptic Gospels, we see Christ engaging with those who hated him, who abused him, who spoke all matter of evil toward him, who hated him. We see him operating in a way that is above the influence of their actions. Let's deal with this. You are not a Christian. If you cannot live your life above the influence of the actions of others. You are still a baby in Christ. If you cannot stop yourself from feeling a way about someone that's done something to you. And the love of Christ resides in you. Because what happens here when we, when hatred and, and when, 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 when evil and malice and offense begins to rise up in us, what, is, what we are being shown is that your flesh is still stronger than your spirit. And that your heart is not yielded and submitted as you said it was. Because see, some of us, we give him our right ventricles. But we have not given him our whole cavity. I'll get that later. Some of us, we didn't give him a few arteries. But we, have, we haven't given him the whole thing. I love you. And, I, and we're going to lighten up this message, I promise. I promise we're going to lighten it up. But you got to understand that when we are called to Christianity, we are called to press into a place of unconditional love. Because after all, that's what Jesus did to us. That's what Jesus does for us. When the last time you sinned? And think about the last time you sinned and then think about the next morning. Did you still have breath? Did you still have the activities of your limbs? Were you, were you still in the same physical condition that you were previously? Because if you were, that means that God did not allow your evil toward him to cause him to respond with taking your breath away. That he did not stop your heart from contracting and sending blood to your extremities. But that he decided to keep his commitment to you even though you broke your commitment with him. And even still, he's decided to forgive you. And gives you a space to talk to him. Many of us, we don't want to hear nothing they got to say. Ever again. 
But he says, you who hear me, if, if my voice resonates with you, if you hear what I'm saying to you, if you call me your Lord, if you call me your Savior, if you embrace all of the prophetic graces that I give to you, if you embrace every blessing, every, every, every elevation, if you embrace everything else that I give you, hear me when I say this. If you take every favor that I've given you, at those times when you walked into a place you could not afford to be, but you were blessed there, hear me now. If you were sick and I gave healing to your body, hear me now. If you were down and I lifted you up, hear me now. First thing he goes on to say, he said, I need you to know that you have to love your enemies. Love your enemies. We're not going to go all super deep. We're just going to make it very clear. The first thing he says when he says, love your enemies, he simply says, embrace opposition. Embrace opposition. I, I, we, we didn't study long enough. We didn't, we didn't get went to the Greek and the Hebrew and all that good stuff. And so I don't have to give you all that. I, that we just going you know, give to you, give you the synopsis. The synopsis is you have to embrace opposition. I know you're beautiful and everybody's your friend, but there will be seasons in time where you will be opposed. And in that, you cannot shut down because of the opposition. You have to embrace the opposition. This is why he, when he says, love your enemy, when they come at you, he says, come on. Come on. Okay, I know, I know, I know what you got to say. Come on, come on. I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Embrace opposition. Because here, here's, here's the reality of embracing opposition. You either right or wrong. And sometimes we try to shut down our enemies because our enemies, even though they're our enemies, they're right. What do you do when the opposition is right? <laughs> this is why we lean on grace. and we <laughs> This is why we embrace the truth of the gospel. Because the gospel said that even though I was wrong, I've been made right in Christ. And so we embrace opposition. We don't shut it down. We don't close our ears. We don't act like we don't want to hear it. We acknowledge that on our path that we are going on, there may be opposition to my direction. And if by chance this opposition is calling me to consciousness, then I will embrace that too. But what I will not do is shut down opposition. Everybody has to play the game. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Go Broncos. Broncos won yesterday. Boise State. Woohoo! I'm excited for number 22. Uh, I'm also excited about my own Trojans. Uh, and they won too. Amen. Forget y'all. Fight on. <laughs> Lord of my school. Praise the Lord. A few Trojans in here. The reality is, it would be a whack game if they stood at the opposite side of the field in their stadium and said, we don't want to play you. We're nowhere superior. And we don't want to belittle ourselves by engaging in this game with you. Some of us, God sends us adversaries. Some of us, God will allow enemies to rise up to show us our strength. Or 
to show us our weakness. Uh, I'll never forget this. Pastor Kena, he, he invited me to one of, one of the games that, that were being played at Pali. And the cold part about it is I, I was struggling because all the coaching staff knew that Pali was going to lose. Why would you set them boys against the team that you knew were going to beat them? Because it built their integrity. It built their rigor. And sometimes God will allow you to fight enemies that might take you just so you can realize that the battle is not yours help all of me Jesus but it's the Lord's and some of us if we get too many W's in our pocket we'll start thinking that it's all about us and God says I gotta let somebody tap that so you remember that I am your victory Jehovah Rapha my banner the Lord my victor so you have to embrace opposition. The next thing he goes on to say, he says, do good to those who hate you. He says, in essence, be excellent to those who disregard you. Do good to those who hate you. Be excellent toward those who disregard you. Here's why, here's why this is going to mean so much. Because many of the people that disregard us, they disregard us either because of what they know about us or what they've seen from us. And while they may be able to challenge your person, they cannot challenge your productivity. I'm preaching. You about, you about to have a good, good barbecue because you're, you're, you're about to understand that you can hate me all you want to. But what you're not going to hate is this 4.0. You can hate me all you want to, but what you're not going to hate is this four star review. What you're not going to hate on is this elevation here because it's not by me. I ain't kissed nobody's behind. I just made up my mind to be excellent. And if you spend your time being excellent rather than worry about who's your friend, you will find yourself in a place that friendship don't matter when excellence is on the table. Pharaoh wasn't Joseph's friend. He was just so excellent he could not disregard him any longer. I know you were, I know you were criminal and I know you was a slave, but boy, God, y'all. I'm about to make you second in command in this kingdom. Do good to those who hate you. Listen, they can only disregard you for so long. Can we hang on Joseph again? Listen, listen, his brothers hated him until they got Oh, yeah. Oh, we don't. Uh huh. Uh huh. The brothers, watch this. They they hated him and they put him in a pit, left him for dead. But when famine fell and circumstances changed, 
they came groveling and didn't even know it was Joseph. But when they found out it was Joseph, they was like, listen, man, don't kill us, man. Don't kill us. Listen, listen. They weren't like, oh, I can't stand you. Oh, you still alive? I'm trying to kill you now. No, because their need overruled their hate. And if you keep on being excellent, you will find yourself at a place that all the people that hated on you in one season, their need is going to overshoot their hate. And they'll come calling you and saying, can you do it for a brother? God bless you. You know what? You're such a blessing to me. You're such a blessing to my family. I love you. God bless you. Do good to those that hate you. Be excellent. They disregarding you? Fine. I'm going to stand and be excellent anyway. Because most of the time, here, can I, can I help somebody? Most of the time, people that have enough time to hate on others don't have enough time to be excellent. If you got enough time in your life to hate on somebody else, clearly you have misappropriated your time and everything that you do is subpar. I don't have time to disregard your life. Do you know how much time it takes to ignore somebody? Do you know how... Do you? Do you know how much energy it takes to avoid a person? I can't. Oh, oh shoot. Here they come. Wait a minute. I, I, I got to. Can't stand them. Almost had to have a conversation. Wow. I didn't just lost $10,000 running around there hiding from you. I could have had a meeting by now. What is this? I could have cashed a check. What is this? What is this? Bless those who curse you. Do that which will be of corporate benefit. Even to those who speak against you. How many, how many ships have you sunk because you were mad at one of the passengers? How many marriages have we destroyed because we didn't like one of the spouses? How many ministries have we ruptured? Because we couldn't stand a leader. You have to make sure that you are not small-minded. Because small-minded people want to get back at others. Large-minded people understand that I am in an ocean and one move causes a ripple that affects others see you got to understand how big you are see some of y'all still thinking real small and some of you think that your words and your actions just affect you no 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 honey no 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 brother no 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 sister no 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 friend you are in a body you are in a mass of water if you move too much 
I'm going to get to rocking. And that's why some of y'all are pissed off at the people closer to you right now because you living your life. You trying to serve God. You trying to do good. And you trying to figure out why you like because somebody over there kicking up water and acting stupid. Why am I tripping? I had my equilibrium. I'm just, you know. But you over there kicking and fighting with the wind. Think of the corporate good. How is this going to affect the family? I know you can't stand her. But if you, if you act ignorant, then grandma will go fuss at all of us. Y'all go to the garage like, listen, hey man, before we go in there. You, you, you're, you're going to forego the productivity of your whole department because you don't like this coworker. Now all y'all getting pink slips. You have to think of the corporate good. You're not just getting back. You might be making things worse than what they are. So I know, I know, I know, I know you feel this way about me. But what about us? Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to be, come on, we, we big boys, we big girls, we, we grown folk. We, we're going to be mature men and women of God, hallelujah. We're not going to be petty uh, uh, believers. We're, we're not, we're not going to be those, those, you know, waiting, waiting for the, the low-hanging fruit. We're going we're gonna to get a ladder and we're going to climb up and get the right stuff up top because we know and we understand that my actions and my non-actions affect the corporate body. This is why I can't just flip out. I can't just I can't I can't just go on a hoeing spree. Oh, that might affect you if I just start sleeping with people randomly. Huh? I'm mad at Karen. Karen, I don't like you. You're not right. So I'm going to just find me some other people. And not a person. People to make me happy. Now, watch this. Not only have I affected Karen, but I still love my kids. And I genuinely love my church. But because what I did to get back at Karen, it now affects my house and the house that I leave. So the ramifications will go much farther than just me trying to please myself. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and it shall never be, and it is so in the name of Jesus. I'm a faithful man. She's a good woman. She gives me everything I need. If I don't, she don't give it to me, I shouldn't have it anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. There's only space in our bed for two people. Praise the Lord, and that's good. Hallelujah. You'll catch that on the holiday. Amen. Uh, pray for those who abuse you what he says just as Jesus talking he says ask God for mercy intercede for those who the wrath of God is pending upon The wrath of God is imminent because you're his beloved. 
Lord is going to tear them up. For abusing you. Nobody gets away with anything with God. The Bible says he never slumbers nor sleeps. He doesn't forget. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So what we're called to do is to learn how to be merciful. What does the beatitude say? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And so what he does is he leverages your abuse to gain mercy so that should you become an abuser in the future, you have stored up mercies. Because if we be honest, while we are the abused today, if we don't properly manage our abuse, we will become the abusers of tomorrow. Come on, read statistics. 90% of the people who rape children were raped as a child. Hurt people, hurt people. And this is why we need to understand, I, I, I don't care what the stigma is. If you need psychiatric help, get it. I will talk to a counselor in a minute. Listen, I'm trying to figure out why I want to say cuss words at my wife. I don't think that's normal. Can you help me? We have to be able to process through things in our life so that we are able, listen, to be able to call for the mercies of God. Because they're going to have to pay for what they've done. But what you're doing, and I know this, it takes a mature person to embrace that reality, but what you have to do is say, okay, God, I ask that you give them mercy. Turn the other cheek or offer the other also. Here it is. Make space for the relationship to be recontextualized. Jesus is not saying let them slap you over here too. And I rebuke that foolish elementary preaching. Infantile uh, exegesis that would suggest we just present ourselves for more ridicule. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is don't allow the slap that happened over here make you think that that's all they're about. Because some of us, we were slapped by good people. Some of us, the love of our life slapped us. And it may not be proverbially, it may, it may not be physically, but proverbially. If it's physically, call me and Deacon Mike. We'll, 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 we'll talk, it's not a game. But sometimes... There are emotional slaps, proverbial slaps, shade slaps. Come on, you know, some, especially us that got about 45 years on us, 30, 35, 50 years on us. We know how to, you know, oh, can't nobody give shade. Hallelujah. Like a person 60 plus. So effortless. Effortlessly. You going to keep this one? God, dog it, Grandma. I guess he know what Randy didn't, huh? God, God dog it, Grandma. God. 
and we slap one another with our words, with our actions, or our non-actions. And what will happen is we will, watch this, we will shroud every good thing they've ever done to us with that slap. I can't believe you did this to me. I can't get over what you did. And if we never turn the other cheek, we will never recontextualize that relationship, but we will always leave them in that lower moment. And the reality is, is that if we don't let people go from there, we're the only ones that are going to suffer. We're the only ones that are going to suffer. Now, here's what I do believe. If folk just keep going around slapping people, they're going to get slapped. I just believe that. Now, you can take that however you want it. Put it in the spirit, put it in the natural. Keep slapping folk. Why'd you miss some teeth? I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, it's just going to happen. Everybody, I'm about to test that theory right now. Keep slapping me, yeah? You have to make sure. Because sometimes it's just a moment. Sometimes it's like, hmm. Okay, this, I, I'm, I'm gonna need, this, is for, this is for mature ears only. What if I motivated the slap? It's only for the mature. Only for the mature. Because some of us know what buttons to push. Because you know where all the bones are buried. You know where my skeletons are. You know my button. You know the triggers. You know what will send me all the way back to James Ray. Oh, where, where Ronald at? You, you, know, you know where JT is. And sometimes... In our maliciousness, we motivate actions from other people so that we can demonize them because nobody's seen us manipulating their spirit, but everybody sees them respond to the stimulus. Only for the mature, only for the mature. And then we can play the victim. See, I told you. And we never have to deal with our spirit of manipulation because we're all on their spirit of violence. If the violent go into hell, the manipulator's going too. If they ask for your shirt, or if they ask for your coat, rather, give them your shirt too. Here it is. Make sure your fellows are amply prepared for the season they are about to go into. Make sure your fellows are amply prepared for the season that they are about to go into. Now, yes, there are some folk that are just greedy and they want too much stuff. Now, we're not talking about them right now. What we are talking about is if somebody came to you for a coat, chances are they can't buy a shirt neither. There are some people that God has put all the resources for them to go into their next season. The presupposition of this text is that the one who is who is who is being taken from has an abundance, has a resource. 
That's the presupposition of the text. This is why you have to read the imperative and the tense and the mode of the text so you can begin to understand that he's not talking to somebody that ain't got a coat. As the old folk would say, a pot or a window. You know you got it. And if they're seeking you for it, it's because they need it. When he, the reason why he uses a coat and a shirt, because he's talking about seasonal change. He's talking about weather conditions. So he says that sometimes God will put you in the position to help prepare somebody for their next season. But what you have to make sure of that you're not mad that you're still in this season while they're going to the next and you're hmm, and God has given you resources to help them for their next in your now. Gosh, how many of us want to be so blessed that we can bless somebody for their next in our now? Now, you can't be no hater, though. Give them the shirt, too. Because they need it for their next season. And so what you got to understand is you can't have, here it is, you can't have an improper affection from adamant objects. The art of living. You can't hold on to that thing too tight, family. Because that may be the very thing that God puts, watch this, everything that we have we are stewards over. And here's the amazing thing about a steward. At the appointed time, the owner could tell the steward to give it away. And sometimes what causes us as believers to miss our next blessing is that we have an, an inappropriate affection with the trappings of a present season. I love how everybody wants a new season, but don't nobody want a new wardrobe. I love how everybody wants a new season, but they don't want to elevate their fringe. You want to take the same people to every level. Can I talk to you for a minute? Every person can't go to every level with you. And every coat not going to fit in every environment. There are certain restaurants I go into, I got to take my hat off. I got to take my top coat off. Because the environment that they have set in that area does not denote for those things that are in the outside. I feel like I'm hanging there too long, Keno. I gotta go, go on. And so you have to make sure that you are preparing your fellow for the next season. And so you cannot be mad that they're moving on and you're still here. Because if you're still here, clearly there's still something else for God to have you receive. And if in the process he causes you to be a custodian of somebody else's blessing, don't be mad. Be better. Oh, okay. Here you go. Can I help somebody? Uh, here it is. I did not know that God was going to make Rodney and I's relationship what it is. I love this brother. He's a real brother to me. We was at the house putting together a crib, right? <laughs> Young Karen's sleeping like a princess right now. Uncle James is helping. Oh, Uncle Bishop. That's Uncle Bishop. Okay. I remember my uncle. Now, our relationship started with an exchange. Me having something that, that I really appreciated, that I bought for myself, that I gave to him. Real simple. He asked for it, and without question, I gave it to him. Because I understood 
that if he had a desire for what I already had, if this is a spiritual principle here, if God put a desire in him for something that I already had, and if it was a good desire, then that means that what I already had, God had to remove it to prepare me for what was next. Don't miss this. Because your now is somebody else's next. What, what you didn't got used to, somebody else is looking forward to. And God is trying to prepare you for what's next, and you sitting here holding on to what you think is normal. Give to everybody who demands of you and do not demand it back. Here it is, real simple. Do not engage in revolving generosity. Do not engage in revolving generosity. Because many of us think that our tithe, our offering, we think that our giving to a person or, or blessing somebody, we think it's a boomerang. And here's the thing. God says you can have a boomerang if you want to. But the scripture says if you give, it'll be given unto you, but it'll be pressed down. I wish I had a Bible reader somewhere. Shaken together and running. And when, when you look for it right back in the way that you gave it, you are minimizing the return that God wants to give you. How many times have you handcuff God from blessing you the way he wants to bless you because you asked for your two dollars back I'm trying to give you a check to put a down payment on a house give them that hundred dollars I can't I can't make this stuff up last week last week last week I went to my former pastor and my wife and I put $200 in their hand just as a sign of, of, of obedience and just, just as, just as an offering to them. And within three days, I got word of a possible building that may be available for us. No, don't, please hear me in the spirit. God wants to multiply everything you give, but if you have the mindset that it got to come back to me the same way I gave it, you will always minimize your return. You will always minimize your return. Throw that thing. Don't look for it back. Listen, whatever, here, anytime I give something that I can throw with my hands, I'm looking for something I got. I need two or three people to help me carry back. Oh, oh y'all, y'all didn't, didn't hear what I just said. If I, if, I, if I send some with my hand, I'm going to need something back that requires three signatures. Uh-huh. If I send... Oh, somebody missed that. You know, certain checks over $3,000, $5,000, they require two signatures. Any check over $250,000, it requires three signatures. I don't want it back. I don't need that. I don't need that car. I don't need that bed. I don't need that refrigerator. I, I, don't, I, 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 I don't need that recommendation letter back. No favor for favor. Because here's the thing. I did you a favor, but I don't need you to do me one. 
I need him to do me one. And so if I can get a favor from him by doing a favor for you, I'll do it for you all day long. Because what I need him to do only, oh my gosh. If I could put God in the mood to bless me. Okay, I'm, okay. Here it is. He says, now, do unto others, the golden rule, right? As you would have them do unto you. Here's the final principle. Do and be from a place of desire rather than a place of disdain. Many of us, we act according to our disdain rather than our desire. Because of how I feel about you, this is what I'm going to do. But if I desire to be whole, if I desire to be happy, if I desire to be strong, if I desire to be mature, if I desire to move forward in my life, then I have to act in regard to that desire, not in regard to how I feel about you. I'm believing God that we're going to operate in goodness this week. Anybody still mad at the Bible? <laughs> Anybody still cussing at the text? Can we pray a prayer for goodness? Come on, let's believe God for that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for every word that you've spoken over us today. We pray now in the name of Jesus that you would allow us to operate in goodness. Father God, the word declares that your goodness is everlasting. So allow us, Father God, in our earthly tenure, allow it to be the testimony of our life that they were good people. Allow it to be our testimony, Father God, that we did good to all. And so we believe you for that. And we declare it to be done. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You receive word from the Lord today.